This is Her Self-Expression with Beverly Price, a podcast dedicated to women who seek self-empowerment. Like many women, Beverly suffered with low self-esteem, and now she is on the other side and is ready to share her knowledge with you. In this podcast, we interview inspirational women every week who share action-oriented tips to boost self-image and self-confidence. If you'd like to move from self-loathing to self-love, as Beverly did, stay tuned for today's episode that is sure to help you take on the world. And now, here's Beverly. Enjoy the show. Hi, beautiful. I hope you're having an awesome day. A few questions for you. Have you suffered from abuse? Or are you a survivor like me? What do you think abuse is? Well, my guest today is my friend Ella Hicks. She is a trauma-informed life coach and the founder of Rebel Thriver, a not-for-profit that works with survivors of domestic violence. Such an important cause. She is a mother, an artist, her favorite color is the ocean, and she is a survivor too. For that reason, we are not showing her face. Her personal situation has fueled a passion to help women get past their own abuse and how they can work through it. She's going to talk to us today about abuse and all forms of it. I'm so excited to hear from her because I think the message is so important. Ella, it's great to hear you again. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Beverly. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about you personally and professionally and a little bit about your story? Sure. It's always hard to put it in a nutshell, but I will try. So you already told everyone that I'm the founder of this not-for-profit for domestic violence on Rebel Thriver. But that is not what I started out doing with my life. I was an artist. And I had a very successful career and I loved my life, but I married a man who was very, very abusive. And as the years went on, it got worse. And finally, I had to leave with my two little children. One was just one years old and leave with just the clothes on our backs. And I had to walk away from everything. I had to leave my career, my home, my colleagues, my friends, the city that I loved. And I had to move far away and change my identity and my children's identities. And uh, it was from there that I started to try to heal myself. And in the process, wanting to reach out to other women who may have experienced what I had because I didn't know any other women that had survived domestic violence or to be more precise I didn't know of because they're all around me so 10 years ago I wrote I started a blog it was called Rebel Thriver and I wrote a short blog post and it was basically saying sometimes you have to be your own hero and from that blog post we have grown into an enormous community. We have a huge social media following. I am now a life coach, trauma-informed life coach for women. And we have so many plans for the future to be able to help women. So sometimes you think when you start out your life, you think you know (laughs) what what your destination is. But I certainly found my calling later in life. 
Yeah. Well, I can relate to this topic as I have been a victim of physical, mental, emotional, and sexual abuse. So how many women do you think are out there like me and you? Oh, gosh. Well, the stats are one in three women, but so many women never come forward. And that goes the same for men. And so I shudder to think that it could be as much as one in two. That's my oh, own my. statistic in my head from the work that I do. That's not anybody else's. But just knowing how many women never speak up. And one of the reasons is because, and I, and I get this every day, well, I wasn't really abused. Mine was more emotional and psychological. Or, well, he never hit me, so I, I don't know if I'm a survivor. So there's this huge right. misconception in the public of what, domestic violence is. And it plays out with the police when they come to the house, if they're called. And so there's a lot of education that really needs to happen because this is happening to our daughters, our friends, our mothers, our aunts, everybody. Whether they tell you or not, it's going right. on right under your nose. Yeah, do you find that so so many women are ashamed that they don't come out and say anything? I don't really know if it's so much that they're ashamed that they, they're not coming out and saying anything. They're more ashamed that they allowed themselves to stay in an abusive relationship, which is gotcha. the most humiliating thing. Well, why didn't you just leave? That's a question that we hear a lot. And, and, why, and why don't women just leave? Well, because there's a cycle of violence that happens, which is a generational cycle. So it's passed down. If you don't break the cycle, I'm a cycle breaker. I broke the cycle. My children will not, did not grow up with abuse. The cycle pulls you in and traps you. And what that, what it does is the cycle says there's, there's a few stages. So there's the first stages the walking on eggshells, building up to the abuse. The second stage is the explosion. The abuse happens. Oftentimes, there's a, a phase that isn't talked about often, which is called fawning, where the, the victim will try to appease her abuser so that she can survive. And then, right. um, then there's this honeymoon period after that where they're love bombing you to try to, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. And then it just, the cycle begins to happen again. And most domestic violence fits into this cycle. There's definitely a cycle. But there's another type of abuse with narcissists that it doesn't always fit into a cycle. And what does that look like? It looks like you're going, you feel like you're going crazy because they will do everything in their power to gaslight you, which means they'll, you say something and then they'll say, no, you never said it, or they just do uh. things to make you feel like you're losing your mind. And so that's kind of like an all the time thing with the narcissist. They're not... Mm -hmm usually able to separate themselves from that. So this cycle of violence is, in, is incredibly powerful and it's understand because when you do start to teach, when I start to teach women who come to me in the very beginning and I say, 
This is the cycle of violence. This is what you've just experienced. It's like someone's pulling like a mask off from their eyes. It's like they're seeing it for the first time. And it's like, oh my God, what happened to me? Because right. abuse, it's, it, I don't want to say the word sneak, but it kind of does. It's like the, the parable of the frog and the pot of boiling water. It's in the water and I, they turn the heat up and the water starts to boil. The frog doesn't realize it until it's too late. And that's what happens to so many women mm. as a result of getting trapped in the cycle. Yeah. What do you think are the most common mi misconceptions about mental and emotional abuse? Well, you know, there's a saying, not all wounds are, <clears throat> not all wounds are visible. And so the misconception mm. is, A, people don't even have a conception. They think, well, maybe he was verbally abusive to her, but they don't understand the depths of what could actually go, go on in a situation with this type of abuse. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> sure. What do you think are just some of the common misconceptions about mental and emotional okay. abuse? Yeah. What do, what do people um, get wrong about it? People get wrong the severity of it, the insidiousness of it, that it is in times it is this type of abuse that is so much harder to heal because the physical, I mean, in some women are horribly, they're killed. They're horribly beaten. So I'm not, I don't want to say right. that that's, that anything is worse than anything. But what people don't realize is that because they can't see it and oftentimes their abusers act like they're the greatest guy in public. And when they go back into the home and the door shuts, the lion jumps out of the cage again. And so people do not understand to the degree that that emotional and psychological abuse can damage a person. Yeah, I assume it's Very extremely prevalent. prevalent. really, the truth of the matter is no one is physically abused without the presence of psychological or emotional abuse. You know, there's always, that's always like, you yeah. know, the appetizer, so to speak, because it just keeps getting worse. And women try, think, well, I can just, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to stop it. It's not going to happen again. And it happens. And that's the cycle. Once again, it repeats itself. So. Yeah. You know, I've heard from time to time from men that they say the majority of reported abuse is actually a false accusation. What do you say to that? I say believe survivors. You know, in my own case, mm -hmm. I was married for 11 years and I have a very close family. They all knew my husband. They knew he was, you know, got hot under the collar. They knew that he would jump to conclusions and, and whatnot. But they had no idea what I was living through. And so when it finally, when I finally was able to escape, my mother said to me, you deserve an Academy Award because I did not know. And I'm very close with my mother. Yeah. So there's just so much that's not seen. 
which is what makes it so insidious. Right. And if you aren't aware, if you're not trauma-informed, like a lot of therapists aren't, police aren't, then it makes it much harder for the victim to make the calls that they need because they are afraid that it's just going to make it worse for them. And that is why we don't have a clear yeah. understanding of how many women actually are living in abuse. From the outside, I looked like I had a perfect life. And that was the farthest right. thing from the truth. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. incredibly insidious. What, what steps would you suggest to women who are recovering from abuse? Come and join my community. <laughs> Rebel, Rebel Thriver, okay. I have an online community, which you can uh, apply to join, which is easy. It's rebelthrivertribe.com, and it is relatively new. We, we started it about a year ago, not quite a year ago, and it's just blooming. There's, I think, around 2,000 people in there already. I would say 9% of us are survivors. Wow. and we have it, we call it the village, broken into a lot of different groups and we have courses and we have coaching and it's really a great place to be able to feel safe and still have that kind of social media connection that you have. But this way, when you say something, people mm -hmm. understand you. You know, we talk about all yeah. things from trauma we talk about we also we have a book club so it's not just all talking about abuse so i would i right, definitely right. sorry i would well, definitely encourage i would encourage no, anyone to come and check out our community because really the most important thing after you finally get away from abuse is to have support and to have support from people mm. that understand you know i had a therapist right. say to me one time well why didn't you just leave and i did i got up and walked out of the room because i think my response was what are you serious you just asked me that like you know about the cycle of oh. violence like how could you ask me that yeah so it's really finding people that understand what you've been through. And so, which is kind of how I got in, got into this work even more is because basically I created what I needed. When I fit, got left my, my life and I had to start over and I was going to a domestic violence organization and getting counseling and, and help. Once I was through that, which is like a short amount of time, it was just nothing. There was a big void and I right. had no idea what to do. I had no idea who I was anymore. I had no idea what I was supposed to do. And it was really scary and really isolating. And so that's why I wrote that first blog post because I was so desperate to meet someone else who could understand me. What what does a survivor need to do to take their power back and become empowered? A survivor needs to focus on themselves. Lots of women 
And well, the recidivism rate for domestic violence is huge. On average, a woman will go back to her abuser eight times. A lot of the reason for that is that they don't have the support that they need. So while we are community and, and I work with survivors, so that means you're out of the triage phase, you're out of the abuse and you're safe. We do have a group for women who are still in abuse. And, but they're all actively working on getting out. And so for them to be able to see what we do in our community and to see examples of women who have overcome so much, it is the best therapy that they could get because it gives them hope. Yeah. It's everything. So what should a woman do if she is currently in an abusive situation? Oh, well. The first thing they should do is call the domestic violence hotline. Um, you think I would have the number okay. memorized or tattooed on my arm, but I'm not good with numbers, so it always is. That's okay. We'll awesome. publish it on the um, podcast. I would say make a call to the domestic violence hotline because you're going to get someone on the other end who is a trained counselor okay. and who is going to understand and have empathy and compassion for you and what you're going through. Whereas if you just go tell some, a friend or a family member, it's great. I mean, it, tell whoever you can, but oftentimes the, the victims don't want to tell their friends or family because then it's going to blow up and they just trying to keep the peace. Right. So. Definitely calling the domestic violence hotline, but also there's a a whole lot of things that you could really help yourself with. And that is once you admit to yourself that you're being abused and you really see it, once you see it, you can't unsee it. So at that point, you know, I would suggest calling the hotline and then getting a safety plan together, which is what would you do if the shit hits the fan? for lack of a better way to say it, how would you, Uh what would you do? And so usually that's going to look like you're going to have copied all of your important paperwork, you know, leases, mortgage papers, all that insurance papers, birth certificates, and you're going to have them somewhere out of your house. You're going to have a go bag, which is going to have a change of clothes, some cash, important stuff. Now, not all women feel like they need a safety plan because they're not being physically abused. But what we know is that when the woman decides to leave or a man, it is the scariest time because at that point, the abuser realizes they're about to lose their control over you. And that is when you just don't know what they'll do. And so you really need to be prepared and you need to be vigilant. Yeah. So, Ella, how can our listeners find you and Rebel Thriver? What kind of connection can they make? Yeah. Website, website. social media, that kind of thing. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. Again, we have our own community. I also also have my private coaching page on Instagram, Ella Hicks Coaching. 
So there's a lot of different ways you can find us and or just Google Rebel Thriver and we'll come up. Okay. Ella, thank you so much for being with me today. I have learned so much about hearing your perspective on abuse and advice to those who are recovering. I'd love to think that every person that steps out of abuse can move into self-empowerment. And you spoke to me about my personal experience and I didn't feel alone. I related directly to your personal story. So ladies, to get to the place where Ella has, we need strength on the inside and out. Ella's advice gives us hope that it is possible to travel from being a domestic violence victim to a survivor to being an empowered woman. I believe that we need recovery first, then both outside and inside development to come together in empowerment to make a woman's journey fulfilling. Thank you for being with Ella and myself on this episode of Her Self-Expression. I hope you can see the direct connection between becoming aware of abuse and recovering from abuse. To gain support for your journey, join me at Her Self-Expression Sisterhood Facebook group to find out more about self-empowerment on the inside and out. And don't forget to invite your friends too. Please look for our future episodes of this podcast released every week on Mondays and Thursdays. You can find them on our website. And remember one thing, this is a long journey, but you don't have to go it alone. I'm here to help. Thank you, Ella. Laura, thank and thank you. you, ladies. Thank you for listening to the Her Self-Expression podcast today. To listen to past episodes, visit www.her-self-expression.com. Once there, you're going to want to take our quiz to see where you stand right now on your journey to self-expression. If you have any questions or would like to share your thoughts with Beverly and other like-minded women, join our Facebook group, the Her Self-Expression Sisterhood. Invite your friends too. When you download and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or other podcast services, be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends to download it too so we can continue to help others. And remember, self-expression doesn't have to be a mystery. It's your key to confidence and self-empowerment both inside and out. But most importantly, remember that you don't have to do it alone. Visit www.her-self-expression.com and join us today.